You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the Palpably Unfair Podcast, episode 34, brought to you by the SB Nation NFL Show. Subscribe, rate, and review, of course, on your favorite podcast app. I am your host, Michael Kist. I will be filling in for Kyle Posey and Kate Majuk today. And the way this worked out with the football gods is just pennies from heaven because our special guest today is a real expert in the world of the Green Bay Packers. And if you've noticed, there's been a lot of Aaron Rodgers chatter that started around the draft has accelerated just about each and every day, including today. That guest is my good friend, Justice Mosqueda. You can follow him on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. Justice, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great other than the whole Green Bay Packers thing. Outside of that, man, just <laughs> ideal life right now. Yeah, and we're going to dig into it. But first, I kind of want to introduce you to the gentle listeners and let them know who exactly you are and why you're speaking about this. Uh, go through your background and uh, what kind of brought you to this point. Yeah, uh worked for Bleacher Report, you know, off and on since probably 2014-ish. Recently worked with the XFL in their personnel department. Uh, just finished uh, Bleacher Report, uh, their scouting department. You know, I graded 90 front seven guys for this past draft class. Um, you know, previously had done gambling stuff for them, uh, covered the Packers as a featured columnist, you know, just worn a bunch of hats for, for Bleacher Report. Yeah, Justice does it all, and uh, we're glad to have him here to, to kind of break down what's going on with the Green Bay Packers right now. And, and Justice, what I want to do is I want to go way back to the beginning of this saga with Rodgers and the Packers, and we'll get to the most recent reporting concerning the, the current power struggle and, and all that later on, because that's what's unfolding before our eyes right now. Uh, but to lay the groundwork for everything happening today, we do have to start from the start. And many people probably don't remember this, but it actually starts on April 23rd, 2005, because on that day, which was the first round of the 2005 NFL draft, Aaron Rodgers, of course, suffered a four and a half hour wait before finally, mercifully, being selected 24th overall by the Packers, which everybody remembers that. But a key factor in that were the San Francisco 49ers, who owned the first overall selection, and they took Alex Smith. Again, everybody knows this, but what I forgot, and perhaps Packers fans right now are saying, how could you forget? Because it turned out to be such a crucial thing. But what I forgot, and what I think many people have forgotten, was that Mike McCarthy, the future Packers head coach, was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers, at that time, in fact, at the time, McCarthy verbalized, according to former Packer Ryan Grant, that Alex Smith was the better quarterback of the two. One year later, McCarthy would start his decade-plus run as head coach of the Packers, and I wanted to start with that because if people really don't believe that Aaron Rodgers is petty enough to take his ball and go home today, 
they might be missing the type of pettiness that Rodgers is capable of because it almost feels like as the trickle of stories come in after that about the Rodgers-McCarthy dynamic uh, that they got off on the wrong foot and really never recovered. So just as what I'm trying to say is that this thing goes back a long, long way, over 15 years ago, and there has been always, always, always been tension there. It has truly never gone away. Would you agree with that statement? A hundred percent. He's He's really motivated by hate. I mean, going back to his college days, right, where he's like, you know, no one gave me an offer, this and that, you know, uh, Illinois gave him a walk-on opportunity, right? His first start at Cal, he beats the crap out of Illinois, right? <laughs> Just stuff like that, where it's like e- everything in this guy's career comes back around to, all right, and then I got revenge, right? <laughs> so I- I'm 100% with you. And I think the other thing, too, when, when we're talking about the draft and people not remembering, you know, what it was like in 2005, I think another thing that needs context is we were in a different collective bargaining agreement to the mm-hmm. point where if you signed a rookie quarterback, number one overall, you have to have conversations with that person to negotiate that person's contract. Right. And that was one of the reasons why Rodgers kept falling down the draft. If you know, Rodgers would have been a prospect in 2011. I don't think he drops down to, you know, pick 24, pick 25, whatever it was. Mm. And that's a totally different conversation than a guy like Jordan Love. No one was having conversations the week of the draft saying, hey, Jordan Love, you know, maybe you should go first overall, but there's a contract dispute and you might end up falling down the board. That's right. not the same conversation that we're having, but people are making one-to-one comparisons right now. Like Murphy and Gutekunst are like going through this like fake, fake destiny path. You know, Ted Thompson did this, right? Ted Thompson did this. So now we have to go through this. Well, Jordan Love isn't Aaron Rodgers. These situations are not, not nothing close to the same. So why did this need to go through like that? I don't, yeah. I don't understand. So that's fantastic context, actually. And and going through that relationship. So there was an, there was an article from 2019 by Tyler Dunn. Uh, it's heavily sourced uh, by those that experienced this relationship with Rodgers, McCarthy, and, and ownership uh, close up. And I, and I found this section interesting. Quote, Uh, But even in the best of times, when confetti should have still been stuck to their clothing, one person who was then close to Rogers remembers he would regularly call to vent that McCarthy didn't have a clue what he was doing. He'd tell him that McCarthy frequently called the wrong play, that he used the wrong personnel, that they were running plays that worked one out of 50 times in practice, that McCarthy was a buffoon. He was constantly bailing out, end quote. And so that's so they win the, the the chip together, but when the winning stops, right, and you're Rogers and you look in the trophy case or on your hand, and what you see is about four to five missing trophies, about four to five missing rings in in your head. Just having that one ring together with him does not stop Rogers from thinking that this guy, McCarthy, is an idiot. This guy, this idiot, is holding me back. And then you add in Ted Thompson, right, who you mentioned before, general manager from 2005 to 2017. And just as towards the end of his tenure, there are reports that he's basically checked out. He's falling asleep in meetings. And you really wonder, like, how did this whole thing last that long? So I'll ask Justice, just how bad did it get during the McCarthy, Thompson, Rogers, triumvirate era? And in that answer, if you can tell me how it lasted that long, I, I would I would absolutely love to know. Yeah, I mean, I think Rogers believes his career was mismanaged. Point blank, period, you know? Mm. And I think he had an opportunity. I think he thought he wanted to ride out like Elway. And Elway is the only person who's ever rode out like Elway, which is the toughest thing, right? Or, you know, you you go out on your own terms, you go out on top. No one else has that opportunity, even Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady has to leave to go to Tampa for it. But I, I think 
you know, the levels that he believes that he's been mismanaged can kind of be explained by, like, the teams that he's looking at right now, right? So we're talking about Denver, mm-hmm. San Francisco, and Las Vegas, right? People are talking about, you know, Gutekunst, you know, he he's doing such a good job, you can't get rid of him, you know, in a dispute between him and Aaron Rodgers. Denver just hired the general manager last year. This yeah. guy has not been a general manager for a game, right. a NFL game. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what John Lynch was doing before he mm-hmm. became the, the general manager of the 49ers? He was on this television. Is, yeah. Do you know what Mike Mayock did before he was the general manager of the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders? He was on television. Drop. Yep, drop, That's drop. how little they think of this front office. He believes he's being mismanaged. He believes his career was mismanaged. Point blank, period. That's kind of yep. where they're at right now. You know, I, I just saw the, the comparison where, you know, uh, they, they were saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers in group text. They were watching the the Michael Jordan documentary and they're comparing him to to Krause. I'm like, Krause won, won rings. Doesn't yeah. Krause have six rings? Gutekunst doesn't have one. What are we talking about? Yeah. Kind of unfair wanted, to Krause. I want to get to that report uh, by Bob McGinn of The Athletic. But let, let's kind of we'll, we'll go back because there, there's like so many different events that happen throughout this relationship that are so big and have brought us to this point and to, to why it's such at a boiling point now because that that relationship McCarthy right all ends in 2018 just hours after the Packers dropped to four seven and one in a close call but still embarrassing loss to the Arizona Cardinals I mean the Packers were double digit favorites in that game by the way. Just hours later, Mike McCarthy is officially out, fired, bring your playbook, all that stuff. To replace him, they hire Matt LeFleur. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. There's tremendous success there, right? They, they advance, but they lose in, in back-to-back NFC Championship games, which for a lot of franchises, that would be a huge success. And you might think, okay, this is the fresh start that they needed with Rodgers. He seems to really like it and get along with LeFleur. At least that's my outsider viewpoint. But in the middle of all that, they select Utah State quarterback Jordan Love, 26 overall in the 2020 NFL Draft. I'm assuming this is some of what goes into what was reported today with Aaron Rodgers calling Gutekunst, you know, Jerry Krause in a, in a group chat with his teammates. By, by the way, whoever leaked that and, and just broke the sacred bond of the group chat, come on. Yeah, not, not cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> not, not cool at all. But it's great content. And again, this is Bob McGinn of The Athletic reporting that. It's been confirmed by others like Tyler Dunn. Um, and, and look. If you don't know who Jerry Krause is, if you were living under a rock during the initial lockdown phase of COVID, it's the Bulls GM, Michael Jordan. Absolutely loved them. Anyway, Justice, in your professional opinion, was that Jordan Love thing, was that devastating to the Rodgers-Packers relationship that they were just starting to maybe get right? Or was it just another drop in a very large bucket with a splash now of, of Jake Kumaro? No, I, I think... I think it's a lot bigger deal than Jake Kumro. I mean, we're talking about Jake Kumro. All right, maybe he makes the roster instead of Equinamius St. Brown or something. I think when we're talking about Jordan Love, we're talking about a first-round pick that got stripped from being able to contribute to Rodgers' career, and that's the way he sees it, right? Where it's, mm. we could have pushed for a title run, right? Mm. We could have pushed for a title run, and you're thinking about the future, right? We're, you know, um, T- Tampa's general manager, Lick, like, I forget Jason, how you say his name. Jason, like, I th- yeah, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it, but Jason, L-I-C-H-T, whatever it is. Right, but you're allowed to miss as long as you still push when it's title time. Right. Listen, this is a guy who traded up in the second round for a kicker who flunked out. 
But you know what? He has a ring on his finger because of the guys that, you know, he brought in Tom Brady. He brought in people who wanted to play with Tom Brady. They're trying to push for a title. You know, this year they basically brought back the Super Bowl team, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the mentality. As long as you have that mentality, it's fine, right? But I think the way Rodgers saw it, which is perfectly I, – I think it's perfectly fair is that, you know, you're trying to prepare for after me. I'm trying to win right now. I'm trying to win right now. And this is a place that's supposed to be calling themselves title town, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, you know, playoff town, you know, wild card round town, at some point you got to make a decision. Like, do, do you actually want to push for titles? Because at this point, Jordan Love is not where Aaron Rodgers was at when they made the switch from Favre either. Right. You know, Aaron Rodgers had years in the system. He had played that Dallas game, you know, on primetime where he was going toe-to-toe with, with the playoff team. And Jordan Love, right now, he hasn't been active for an NFL game because he was behind Tim Boyle, right? So it's a very different situation, which is why I think, you know, everyone's trying to make one-to-one comparisons again, right, with, you know, how the the Rodgers-Farf situation happened. And there's just so many things that are different than than what it was like then, even down to what Farf was like at the end of his Packers career. I mean, everyone knows, you know, three MVPs, you know, in the 90s. He was great, but, you know, that that back end of his career in Green Bay, he had a lot of great defenses, and he was throwing a lot of interceptions, and he was actually hurting the team. Rodgers is coming off of an MVP, and this team's been the back-to-back NFC Championship games. That's different. So also with that McGinn report is that the the friend of Rodgers also tells him that there's about a 2% chance Rodgers plays for the Packers again, and we've heard various iterations of that from other people throughout this process as well. Is this and this is a dumb question, but is this heat of the moment stuff, Justice, or are we almost assuredly seeing Rodgers play for another team or just slap retire? Because everything that that we've outlined here, everything that I know from reading about Rodgers, I'm sure you see the same on your side. The heat of the moment for him lasts an eternity, right? Right. This guy holds grudges. (laughs) Again, this guy holds grudges. We haven't even talked about, like, he doesn't really talk to his family anymore. Like, right. these are things that happen in his life. Um, the one thing that I will say, so when we're talking about him going to another team, the Packers play hardball, right? When Casey Hayward hits free agency, he doesn't get an offer from the Packers. When Micah Hyde gets hits free agency, he doesn't get an offer from the Packers, right? right? Like, we, we see this happen over and over again where they play hardball. And, you know, it comes down to those early extensions, too, where, hey, we're giving you an early extension offer. If you take it, you take it. If not, we're not even going to help you drive the price up when you go in free agency because you're not going to resign with us, right? <laughs> I think they'd force Aaron Rodgers to retire. I think they would. I think that's the situation we're going to. And they're going to say, hey, all right actually retire come play for us i think that's kind of what you know what we're leading up to and they have full power to be able to do that right with with the contract that they have with them what, what are the like financial implications of that what does that look like for rogers he, like he, kind of he'd have to yeah he'd have to pay back um a couple million dollars in signing bonus just because it's prorated over the rest of his contract i think the one thing so okay if we go next level right let's assume yeah. rogers retires this year the way that it would become a mess for the Packers in a way that Rodgers would be able to get revenge would be him retiring this year, having them go through the entire 2022 offseason, packing up their salary cap, right? And then he shows up and he goes, hey, I'm back, I'm unretired, and now you have to account for like $25 million on the cap, right? 
All right, you're either going to strip down your roster or you're going to trade me in 2022, and it's going to actually hurt you to be able to do that too because it would be no different than, you know, the June 1st uh, situation that we have right now. That sounds like something he would absolutely uh, try to pull off just to really put the screws to him. Like, you think you got me trapped? Okay, cool. I'm going to come back a year later. Right, I'm going to derail the franchise. Congratulations, Jordan Love will never win a playoff game. Yeah, that is uh, that's absolutely. Where, where do you side on? I think I know where you side on this, but where do you side on the the Rogers versus McCarthy thing? The the Rogers versus Goodikens thing is it is it all with Rogers? Do you believe that like he really hasn't done much wrong in the, in these scenarios and the in the team and the organization has let him down, or do you think there's there's some blame there with, with Rogers with the way he is personality wise? No, I'm with him. I'm with him 100. <laughs> percent I watched those games. I don't know where you guys were for some of those playoff losses, but yeah. I, I'm pretty much on the. I'm pretty much on the. Yeah, hey, Aaron Rodgers is like one of the, you know, at the very least, three best quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life, and right. he only has one ring. Kind of seems like he's been mismanaged. A lot of guys have won rings that, you know, are not as good as him, and Eli Manning is not as good as him, and he won too. So, you know, I, I saw I saw crippled Peyton Manning limp to a second <laughs> ring, and we can't get Rodgers a second one. I don't know what's happening here. It's bizarre because at any point in his career, you could pick a time span. He's probably, you know, a top three quarterback, arguably the best quarterback in the league at, at, at one point uh, or another in his career. I, I 100% agree with you that the organization has definitely failed him. And it and it seems like the players, not just you, but the players are on his side too. We're seeing like retweets from Devontae Adams and all this stuff pop off today. Are we about to see a full-blown players mutiny in Green Bay? What What's your take on that? Oh, man. If Aaron Rodgers retires, what do you think Zadarius Smith, David Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams, they're not trying to hear, you know, hey, stick through the rebuild with Jordan Love. So They're in, there for Rodgers to win with Rodgers, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> do pe- That's the, one of the weirdest things to me where I'm like, do people ever talk to other people? Like, how, how, like, do you understand how these type of things work? Like, when mindsets change and, like, when timelines change, like, in real life and they, they rub up against issues and things are put into conflict. Like, that's why I always joked about the Alex Trebek thing where I'm like, hey, if, if Alex Trebek, someone, if uh, NBC drafted Alex Trebek's replacement a year early while he still had the job, how do you think Alex Trebek would feel? Like, have you ever been in a workplace where something like that happened? No, because it's such a weird thing, right? Like, if you're not ready to move on and they're trying to push you out, of course you would have friction with the person that's coming in, you know? That's just how life happens. That's how people are built. I just don't understand how people take the humanity out of this to a certain extent. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely there to go. People sign with the Packers to play with Aaron Rodgers, not to go play for the Green Bay Packers, right? I think that's just the way right. it is. And pe- people forget that in all this. When we come back here on the Palpably Unfair podcast, we're going to get into some potential trade scenarios, maybe some tampering. I'll get some draft thoughts from Justice and last thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation. That's when we come back right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
And we are back here on the Palpably Unfair Podcast, episode 34, brought to you by the fine folk at the SB Nation NFL show. Michael Kist here with Justice Mosqueda. We are talking everything Aaron Rodgers. And let's one more point on this that, that recently came out. Apparently, the Packers are upset that teams like the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers had in, in, in recent history here been tampering with Aaron Rodgers. But as the Packers found out back in 2008, with the Vikings and Brett Favre, it's kind of damn near impossible to prove that tampering did in fact happen, at least to the extent that pleases the NFL and like forces like real action. So the 49ers draft Trey Lance at third overall, which means the Broncos are probably the most likely dance partner in an eventual trade for Aaron Rodgers. What, what do you think uh, a trade of that magnitude would even look like with the Packers even entertainer? Are they going to play hardball like you mentioned? Like, where do you see that going? I think if we're talking about a MVP caliber quarterback. We're talking about three first round picks and players. Yeah. I, I kind of think that's the baseline to even get, again, if green, green Bay is known to play hardball, I think green Bay is perfectly fine with their situation and how they're built saying, yep, we let Rogers retire and we had a quarterback and that was our plan and we saved money. And that's kind of how they're built. You know what I mean? So I, I think if he does get moved, that's how the conversation starts. I will say, you know, as likely as it looks like uh, Denver is like the best spot because, you know, they don't have a quarterback right now. Mm. The the best trade piece available for the teams that, you know, now are, you know, involved allegedly in this, I think is Derek Carr. Because Derek mm. Carr is clearly a starting, you know, NFL caliber quarterback. Like, I'd rather have Derek Carr than like Baker Mayfield. I'd right. rather have Derek Carr than Kirk Cousins, right? Mm. I think he's he's the best trade piece that they could get back. And Derek Carr, I think if Derek Carr was on this team, they would still actually be competitive. But the question is, hey, do you actually – all right, then what the hell did we just do for Jordan Love? All we did was we, we pissed off Aaron Rodgers and we turned Aaron Rodgers into Derek Carr. <laughs> Great job, Jordan Love. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I, I don't even know if they actually want a quarterback in, you know, or if they want to start Jordan Love again wasn't active all of last season, including through the playoffs, because Tim Boyle, who they let walk and is now a Detroit Lion, um, was Aaron Rodgers' backup. You, you mentioned the, that trade value, the three first-round picks, and people might go, man, he's 37, so on and so forth. Did Tom Brady, six years older, do him a, do him a solid by going and winning the Super Bowl and looking pretty damn good while doing it? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think if we're not talking about Brady and Breeze right now, I, I, I think that's yeah. that's part of it too. I mean, we're not used to seeing quarterbacks play this long and be competitive for this long. And I think that's kind of what Green Bay's mindset was where, you know, Rodgers right now, he's 17 years in. That's the same length that Favre was in, right? I, I don't think we're talking about, you know, a level of decline in the same way. And that's just the difference between, you know, the last, what, it must be 10, 12 years yeah. that the NFL has advanced. Um so quarterbacks can play longer now. And and what you're talking about with the first-round picks, I understand that completely. But at the end of the day, the quarterback position influences so much that you can become a title contender with an older quarterback. And then it just becomes that same question, right, where we've seen Pittsburgh do this. We've seen New Orleans do this. We've seen Tampa's now doing this. We mm-hmm. saw New England do it. Do you want to extend your title run or not? Right. Are you trying to win a ring or not? That's really what it comes down to. And if you're trying to win a ring, then these future picks don't matter because what you're trying to do is win a ring. And if you lose in the conference championship game, that's no different than if you went 0-16 because you came away with no ring. 
right? It's it's a binary. It's did you get a ring? Did you not get a ring? That's all that matters. And that's kind of the mindset that a lot of these teams are doing right now. And quarterback just influences the game so much that at, at that point, you can justify three first round picks for MVP caliber play from a quarterback, even if it's only like two years, you know, the value checks out. Do you think that's the right move for the Broncos if they were to give up three first-round picks? Do you think that makes them an instant contender? Uh, how much does job security matter, right? <laughs> how you doing, John Elway? I understand right. you're not the general manager anymore, but hey, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of heat there, you know. So I think that's kind of the mindset, right? Where, yeah, it's the same thing. Um, the Raiders is an interesting one because I, I mean, can they buy Gruden out? Does he even have a job security issue with his contract being that right. long? You know, um. But if he is, I mean, Gruden on the timeline that Gruden's on, I mean, Gruden might be able to win a ring with Rodgers and then go through another rebuild and his contract still isn't over. You know, <laughs> like you just signed such a long deal. Right. So it's interesting with the the job security aspect that you bring up with Elway. I mean, that's why a guy like Ryan Pace has to go and make a drastic move for Justin Fields because he has to show ownership something like I'm trying man right right I'm really trying to do something here and I think Elway might find himself in the same position so that's a really good point it's not always about being you know a Super Bowl winner it's about showing them this is what this is what we can build if we have Aaron Rodgers man we actually got a chance at this thing so just stick with me for a couple more years uh any last thoughts on the Rodgers situation before I get some quick uh, draft thoughts uh, from you, anything you, you didn't get to hit that you want to say? Um, I really just have one last take. And my one last take is, hey, man, why is Green Bay the only team that has to beg Hall of Fame quarterbacks to keep playing for them? <laughs> like, don't you guys kind of think that's weird a little bit? Like, no, no like, <laughs> it's happened twice. And it happened to us both times. Does no one else think this is kind of odd? That's a, a fantastic question. So all all of that aside, Justice, the, the 2021 NFL draft happened. And, of course, it was overshadowed by the Rodgers stuff. But the draft is so recent, and I respect your 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 takes on these prospects with your background and everything. What, what is your thoughts on the Packers Hall? Oh, perfectly fine. I mean, I think they drafted a corner two in the first round. I think they drafted, a, yep, they drafted a starting uh, center in Josh Myers. And then they got Amari Rogers, the wide receiver from Clemson, um, to kind of be the replacement for Tyler Irvin on those jet sweeps and stuff like that. He's more of a, like a ball in hand wide receiver, but he can also block. So I, I think long term, Rogers is probably a starter. Uh, Amari Rogers, not Aaron Rodgers, he's gone. But Amari Rogers is probably a starter in for uh, Alan Lazard, and then they keep you know Devontae hopefully as the kind of possession guy who's eating a ton of stuff, and then MVS is the field stretcher. So. I think that's fine. You know what's kind of interesting? They drafted this guy to uh, to Daryl Slayton, a defensive tackle out of Florida. And again, I watched the front seven guys for Bleacher Report, so I knew who this guy was coming in. So he was the guy who played at American Heritage, that high school that had like seven guys drafted in this yeah. past draft class, right? So he was a offensive lineman for that team. He could not break the defensive line rotation at that high school, mind you, <laughs> at that high school until his senior year. And then he had five tackles his senior year. So he, he went to the U.S. All, uh, US Army All-American Bowl as a guard prospect. He was like the top – he was like a top uh, three guard prospect in the country, blue chip type of guy. Everyone thought he was going to like Michigan or something like that. Florida was the only team that would let him play on the defensive line. So he went to Florida, and then he spent five years there and didn't become a starter until his redshirt senior year. 
It's kind of like he's fighting his DNA. Like, this guy might be a guard convert <laughs> at some point. It might be a really good one, but right now he's a defensive tackle. It's kind of a weird situation. That was like what was that, the the coward guy from from the Bears who was defensive tackle and ended up switching mm-hmm. switching to guard like something like that. That's that that's interesting. Justice, man, I I appreciate the thoughts. Actually, you know what? Let, draft grades are stupid. I don't want to do that. But let's assign a letter to the Packers draft. Let's. Or I'm just arbitrarily making this up out of nowhere. Uh, let's go from A to F. Uh, a being the best letter to assign to this draft hall for the Packers. Uh, F being the worst. What what letter would you assign to it? I give them – so I'm a hard grader whenever we did the draft grades and stuff like that. I'm not the person who's given everyone A's and, A's and B's. I feel Which like I if you're, if you're going to give a letter, you're going to give a damn letter. If C, is a, if C is average, I'll give them C+. Plus. I mean, they hit they hit positions. They hit the positions. They got guys who are, you know, roughly talked about in those type of ranges. So I don't think they really batted well above the draft uh, – position of these guys other than yeah. maybe kylan hill who i think is an nfl running back they got him in the seventh round um better value than they got at a running back last year i'll tell you that but <laughs> <laughs> i'll give it i'll give them c plus they hit the positions that they needed to hit i don't think they made you know any massive swings and misses so does any of it matter if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play next year no nothing matters we're yeah we're wandering the earth in search of a franchise quarterback if aaron Rodgers is gone so yeah, it could be twenty years, man. I I I, I said this the other day. The Bears just drafted Justin Fields. He might be their best quarterback in the last eighty years, eighty, and that's not even a joke. That's like real life, man. I might be dead before the Packers get another franchise quarterback. Like even, Justin Fields doesn't even have to be that good to hit that that bar. No, he sure doesn't. He sure doesn't. You know, you know how good they think Justin Fields is. They immediately cut their left tackle for cap space. <laughs> they immediately were like, our jobs are good. Our jobs are fine. And this is Matt, Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace who bumbled this before, you know? Yeah, have done nothing, honestly. have had no playoff success whatsoever. Justice, man, thank you so much for joining us here on the SB Nation NFL Show. Let the gentle listeners know again where they can find you uh, on social media. Anything you want to plug, man, fire away. Yeah, just uh, find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. Um, that's pretty much it for right now. If I'm doing anything, you can find it on there. Thanks, man.